This is episode number 42 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. absolutely eliminate public speaking fear this podcast is the answer here's the guy who literally wrote the book on fearless presentations doug stannard Hello and welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast brought to you by the Leaders Institute and fearlesspresentations.com. I'm your host, Doug Stannard, president of the Leaders Institute, and this is the podcast that helps people just like you get rid of public speaking fear and increase your success by increasing your confidence when you communicate. On this episode, I'm going to share a few closely guarded secrets about how to use movement and gestures to help you look more poised when you stand up to speak. And in fact, about halfway through this episode, I'll cover an often misunderstood tip that if you just understand and implement this one thing, you'll always be seen as a confident and energetic speaker. So stay tuned. Now, the podcast is brought to you by FearlessPresentations.com. And just as an FYI, we still have a few seats left available in our free webinar, Three Simple Ways to Absolutely Eliminate Public Speaking Fear. So just go to our website at www.fearlesspresentations.com to register. If registration is closed by the time that you listen to the podcast, then make sure to add yourself to the waiting list. That way you'll be able to access the recording of the webinar when we release it. Now, in addition to that, we also have uh, the our two-day Fearless Presentations classes coming up in Denver and Phoenix and Charlotte, San Francisco, Houston, Kansas City, Detroit, Columbus, all those are coming up in the next 60 days. So if you're in any of those cities and want to take part in our two-day Fearless Presentations class, make sure and go to our website at fearlesspresentations.com to register for the class. Now keep in mind that we only allow a maximum of 10 people per class. And once the class gets filled up, then we have to close the registration. So if you're interested in attending, make sure and go to the website today. So our topic today is about presentation gestures and movement. Now, whether you're brand new to speaking or you've been presenting for years and years, you want to look confident when you stand up to speak. And this can be a challenge, though, if you if you're nervous. We're, we're always afraid that the nervousness that we feel is going to be really obvious to the audience. And so how do you look poised and how do you look confident in front of a group? if you actually don't really feel confident yet. So we're going to cover a few things that will help you. The very best rule of thumb for gestures and movement when you're when you're speaking in front of a group is simple. You just move when you need to. It sounds obvious, but in, in a lot of cases, it's really not. When I first began speaking, I was always concerned with trivial things such as, you know, what should I do with my hands and should I scan the audience with my eyes? Should I look over everybody's head? How how do I um, keep from fidgeting when I'm in front of a group? So because I was focused on those trivial things, my message got really lost in a lot of minutia. I was more focused on myself and less focused on the message that I was trying to deliver. So consequently, I distracted myself, and I, I, if I ever lost my place, by the way, I made myself even more nervous, and that which caused me to fidget, <laughs> caused me to avoid eye contact with my audience, and 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 I was more worried about my hands. It was, you know, it, it just became a, a reinforcing downward spiral. However, once I began doing a few things that we've covered 
on on uh, the podcast and on our websites and that we cover in our two-day public speaking class my gestures and movements really they improve pretty much automatically instead of focusing on you know not looking nervous i began focusing on increasing my enthusiasm about my topic and instead of focusing on you know listing a bunch of bullet points which is what i've done in the past i began focusing on delivering content using compelling stories by the way it's almost impossible to not use gestures when you're when you're in, in the middle of a good story you have to we speak with our hands when we're talking in a story format so what, what happened though was that every time I made these alterations, every time I started focusing more on the audience than focusing on uh, on uh, myself, then the, the, my message got more clear. And many of those nervous habits just kind of went away automatically. And I didn't really have to do anything at all to, to make it happen. So there are a few things that you can consciously do though to make yourself make yourself appear more more poised in front of a group though and keep in mind that as you become more confident in front of a group and more self-assured when you when you're speaking many of these things will that we're going to cover here will happen automatically so don't spend a lot of time thinking about the things that I'm suggesting to you in the beginning as you become more confident you'll start to see that these things will will start to happen more 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 normally and you'll, you'll start to see these things really pop up so number one though before i actually get into the the five things that you can do to improve your movement and improve your gestures i want to talk a little bit about the room setup because one of the biggest mistakes that i see presenters make and and actually one of the biggest mistakes that meeting organizers make even before the speaker actually gets there is setting the room up for failure about 90 percent of all of the office meeting rooms that i've seen are equipped in a way that forces the speaker to limit his or her gestures and movement and i'll give you a great example of this like since since we limit the size of our presentation classes to about 10 or fewer people most of the time we often deliver the classes in more of a boardroom type setting. In fact, last week I was I taught a class in Chicago. It had about seven or eight people in in the class, and when I walked in, it was first time ever in in this meeting room. So this was a, a brand new meeting room space to me, and I kind of noticed it was a boardroom, just like a lot of the places that we kind of teach. But the boardroom was in the very very center of the room. And uh, there was a screen that dropped down from the from the from one of the side walls, and I would say that I mean, if I had to guess, I would say that this room was probably I don't know, maybe twenty feet by thirty feet or thirty five feet, maybe. And but a lot of that room space was taken up with the big, huge boardroom that was in the middle of the room, so that took up a lot of the space. And if I had used that the way that the room was actually set up, I would have really limited myself in my movement because if I had dropped that screen down, that screen takes up t- took up a bit, about half the room, and about half of the of the of one of those walls, you know. So if I had that twenty uh, foot wall and whatever it is, eight or nine feet of it was taken up by by a screen, then for the entire two-day class that I was teaching, I would have had to pick one side or the other to present from because if I presented in the middle, the the slideshow would be spraying on me, right? I, mean, I would be looking into the light and it would be really distracting to everybody. So I would, I would have had to have stand to the side in the little corner. So basically, I've taken this already fairly small, tight room and made it to where I would have to to fit into a little bitty tiny corner of that room to actually present. 
So I did something a little bit unique. In fact, I do this a lot in, in boardrooms. Instead of using the screen that's set up improperly, I just kind of took a, a, a whiteboard that I had in the room and I moved it over to one of the corners. And I, I projected onto that whiteboard, which by the way is a really cool technique to use because you can, one of the neat things about presenting a slideshow on a whiteboard is now you can actually, you can write on it and you can make notes. You can, you can um, add to the slides, which is kind of a fun thing to do. But that, but that whiteboard was maybe, I don't know, maybe three foot wide. And so I, that the, so now I got to use most of that 20 feet that were in, that was in front of the room is probably 20 by four, 20 foot by four foot. And I was able to use most of that to actually move around and get my energy up and and show them how to use gestures and use my visual aids effectively and that kind of thing. So so keep that in mind. When you're setting up your room, if you have the option anyway to set the room up yourself, you probably want to set your screen off to the side versus being in the front. Now, a lot of times, by the way, many of the audiovisual people that are out today that are really professionals, they know this. And so if you go to a big conference, a lot of times now, you're going to see that there's going to be like a, a lectern in the middle of the room where the speaker will will kind of be stationed. And then they'll be on either side of the, of the speaker, there'll be um, screens set up to show a dual presentation. It'll, it'll have the same thing on both of the screens, but it doesn't matter which side of the room that you're on, they're still going to be able to see the visual light pretty effectively. And that's a much, much, much better way to kind of set up your room to make it easier to kind of move around and and become more interactive with, with your group. Right, now, so with that being said, let's cover the five things that you can do, the five best ways that I found anyway to improve your movement and gestures when you speak in front of a group. The very first thing that you can do is, well, that you really want to do anyway, is you want to create a very good first impression before you even say anything. <laughs> So realize that the first impression that your audience has of you is often created before you actually take the stage, before you say your first words. The way you carry yourself, your posture, the, your conversations with audience members before you actually start your presentation. All of that stuff is creating a first impression of you, the speaker. So as you walk to the front of the room, you want to make sure that your, your chin is up, you're making eye contact with a few friendly faces, you want to smile, have some enthusiasm in your step. An easy way to, to kind of harness enthusiasm is just to walk about a half step half stride faster step or pace than what you normally would when you're going up to the room. What most people, what a lot of people do when they're coming up to the front of the room is they walk like they're going to the gallows. I mean, it's like they're they're, they're kind of really hunched over and they're and they're kind of walking. Uh, the, the analogy I like to use is like they're walking in peanut butter. You know, the closer they get to the front of the room, the slower they get. Well, what that does is that sets up a first impression for the people in the audience that says, ah, boring, oh, this guy or this woman, this, this person is going to be just really, really boring. So you can flip that by, by just kind of walking up to the front of the room a little bit faster than what the average person would kind of go. You don't have to run, by the way. Just kind of walk a little bit faster. What happens is you're now you're pushing energy into the room before you even say anything. You haven't even said anything yet. And now all of a sudden you're, you're getting people to kind of pay attention to you. They're paying attention to those first words before you even uh, have said anything. So, uh, by the way, this one simple thing can have a really profound effect. Um, what what is your automatic impression when that when that speaker walks up really really slowly? I mean, obviously that first impression is going to be really really important. So when you kind of walk up with a much faster, brisker pace, then all of a sudden you're going to really capture people's attention. 
Uh, tip number two, the second thing that you can you can do is you want to stand with poise. Throw your shoulders back, you know, with your weight evenly distributed. Once you, once you take the stage, make sure that you're distributing your weight evenly on both feet. Now, by the way, this is something that both guys and, and ladies do, but I, I kind of notice it, especially after training a bunch of people, you know, tens of thousands of people over my career. I've kind of noticed that this is more prevalent in women. Women will actually kind of shift their weight back and forth. And I think a lot of times it's because you guys, you ladies are wearing less comfortable shoes than we guys are. And, and so as a result, you'll tend to shift your weight a little bit more. Um, so just kind of be careful about that. What tends to happen is if you have your weight kind of centered on one of your heels or on one foot, then eventually that foot's going to get tired, and then you're going to shift your weight to the other side, and and then that leg's going to get tired, and you'll shift back the other way. And what will happen is after over time, you'll just kind of keep shifting back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it'll, it can be distracted. By the way, there's really nothing wrong with that if, if that's something that you do. It's not really that big of a deal, but anything that you do too much can become a distraction. So if you kind of notice that that's becoming a habit of yours, then kind of stand with more of a of a of, of a of an equal base. You know, put that that equal weight on each foot, and it'll make it to where you're less likely to get tired when you're when you're in front of the group. Now, in addition, you want to use your posture. You want to show your posture in a way that that makes you look and feel more confident, more poised, more in control. So you can do that just simply by standing up and then just kind of placing your shoulders back just a little bit. You don't have to, you know, stick them out, you know, like you're bowing up on somebody, but just kind of throw your shoulders back just a little bit. That that extra little bit of posture will make you look like you're you're more poised when you're in front of a group. So, So stand with poise, stand with confidence, look them in the eye smile that's going to help you build that rapport really really effectively so the third thing that you can do to have better gestures and more powerful gestures in front of a room and by the way this is one of the one that confuses this is one of the tips that really confuses people so pay attention really closely here because if you understand this it will help you be a much 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 better presenter so what you want to do is you want to drop your hands down by your side when you're not using them and that will allow you to use your hands more to communicate. If you've ever wondered, what the heck am I supposed to do with my hands? It's a natural question that almost everyone will ask, when, they, especially when they begin to present for the first time. The answer is to just kind of drop your hands down by your side when you're not using them. It, it, it may feel unnatural at first, by the way, but you'll find that the result is really quite rewarding. If you clasp your hands in front of you, then when you need to use them, you first have to let go of that clasp, and then... To, to actually make a gesture. And your subconscious mind would rather just keep them class. So you'll kind of notice when people do that. So if they have their hands in front of them when they're speaking, you know, or maybe they've got their fingers clasped or something like that, you will tend to gesture much less. If you happen to have a military background, a lot of times when folks from the military get up to speak in front of a group, they'll kind of put their hands back behind them. And this can have a negative effect for the same reason. Because it, and in fact, that way can actually be doubly distracting because the people in your audience are going to be wondering, what the heck is he doing behind his back? You know, what is he doing? So when 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 you kind of drop your hands down by your side, though, you'll be much more natural using them, and it will help you really dramatize your speech more effectively when you need it. Um, people often argue with me though with the, when I make the suggestion to them because what they hear me saying is. 
keep your hands down by your side. That is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying keep your hands down by your side. What I'm suggesting that you do is start with your hands down by your side because now when you make a gesture, it's going to be very powerful. Uh, I'll give you an example. So if you, if, you, if you clasped your hands in front of you, if you put your hands in a clasp in front of you, and if you want to make a gesture, the first thing you have to do is just kind of break that clasp and then take your right hand. If, you, if you're doing this, if, you're clas- if you have your hands clasped in front of you, then uh, kind of break that clasp and then raise your hand up as if you were going to make a gesture, your right hand maybe. And, and you, what you're going to notice is that that movement is only about five or six inches. It's a very small movement. And when you make that movement, you're going to notice that your elbows will kind of lock down by your side. So it's a very robotic weak kind of movement. Now drop your hands down by your side and do that same gesture. And when you do now, you're going to notice a couple of different things. Number one, the gesture is much bigger and more powerful. You're not Your elbow is no longer at your side, so you're going to look better when you do it. The second thing that you're most likely going to see is that it's really difficult when you have both your hands down by your side and you raise one of them to not raise the other. So now you'll start using both of your hands more effectively versus having that one-sided kind of class. So you'll see some really, really positive results if you get into the habit of kind of starting with your hands down by your side. Um, by the way, that additional movement that, that they're seeing, from the, that the audience is seeing, they will perceive that as energy. They'll perceive that as being enthusiasm. So you'll be, a, you'll be considered a much better speaker just by doing this one little thing. Um, the fourth thing that you can do is you want to avoid those repetitive gestures. Those are the things that can be more distracting. So move around as much as you need to when it's appropriate, but always remember that you want to avoid those repetitive patterns. Anything that you do too much can be a distraction. I, I had a professor in college that was kind of funny. Um, he always paced back and forth in the same spot on the stage. This was a big one of those big auditorium uh, lectures that had uh, two or three hundred students in it. And um, he, so he would only use one little tiny part of the stage. He'd, he'd have a little chair next to him, and then he would sit in that chair. And then when he'd stand up and start to kind of talk or, or lecture, he'd kind of walk back and forth. It was about a six foot area that he'd walk. It was the same six feet, six foot of space, you know, six foot by one foot kind of space that he'd go back and forth, back and forth. And he'd just pace. He'd just pace. He would look at us and that kind of thing. We used to make jokes about it because. You know, we, we always used to make jokes because we, we would say, you know, someday he's going to wear that part of the stage down so much he's going to fall right through it, right? Now, the other thing that was kind of funny about this particular, by the way, I love this guy. I mean, he was one of my favorite um, teachers when I was when I was in college. He was my business law uh, professor, and so he had all kinds of really cool stories. So he was he was an interesting guy, but still, it was it was kind of funny. But one of the other things that he did was. He, he had this habit of having a chapstick in his pocket. So about once every class, he would reach into his pocket. He'd pull out that chapstick. Usually it was when he was really thinking about something he was going to tell us. And he'd put that chapstick on his lips and everything. It's just really a distraction, right? So those repetitious things, those things that you do so often that people know they're coming, Although they can be quite humorous, they they can be a real distraction from your lectures. So be careful about, you want to really avoid those repetitive gestures. Um, And the last one is you want to move bigger. There's very little difference between movement and gestures that you would do when you're speaking to somebody one-on-one and the ones that you might use when you're in front of the group. The one exception to that, though, by the way, is that the gestures that you would do in a one-on-one situation tend to have to be they don't have to be as big as the ones that you would use when you're on stage. So when you're on stage or when you're in front of a group, 
you want to make those gestures a little bit bigger, a little bit more exaggerated. And in fact, the bigger that the room is, the more exaggerated you have to make that gesture. So, for instance, if you're if you're in a, a boardroom that has you know fewer than ten people, you know the gestures that are within your torso will probably be fine. You know the gestures that are just a little bit above your shoulders, a little bit outside your torso, you'll probably look fine. But if you happen to be in a big, huge auditorium, you'd have to stick your hands way, way, way up over your head and really exaggerate that same gesture in order to be seen. To to in order for the the energy to be seen by your by your audience. So just be very careful or or be note the size of the of the room and know that anytime the size of that room gets bigger, you want to make your gestures bigger. So basically in in summary, the five things that you can do to to really add better movement is create that good first impression when you walk into the room, stand with poise, have your feet kind of shoulder width apart in in and um in in quite in, in even stance, right? In a balanced stance. Drop your hands down by your side, that'll help you move use them more. Avoid those repetitive gestures and then move bigger. You do those things and your audience will absolutely love your gestures. So thanks a lot for being a part of the Fearless Presentations podcast. Make sure and listen to us next week and make sure and subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already done so, so you get every single episode when they're released. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week. 